Hi everyone, welcome to episode 12 of A Little Nerd Music. I'm Kelly. I'm Christina. And this episode is entitled I Am Groot. Um, in case from the episode title you didn't know what we're talking about later, we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, but for now we're going to get into a little fandom news. Um, two really awesome trailers premiered this week. Um, in front of my showing of Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw the trailer for Night at the Museum 3, Secret of the Tomb, and uh, it comes out later on this year. And Christina, Night at the Museum 3 is exciting for me because I remember seeing Night at the Museum 2 with you while um, voting for American Idol. Good memories. <laughs> good times, good times. Um, we were madly voting between Chris Allen and Adam Lambert, yep. and watching the Jonas Brothers, the cute little cherubs. Um, anyway, the new trailer looks like it's going to be really fun. They go to England in this movie, and Rebel Wilson is going to be in this movie, and they also have Lancelot, and then like Teddy Roosevelt is back, and Sacagawea is back, <laughs> and uh the Attila the Hun, and yeah, it just looks like it's going to be really fun. I always love these movies. I think they're really, really fun to watch. And then, yay, exciting, we finally got a trailer for Into the Woods. I'm so stoked. Um, Christina, you said you saw it in front of your show of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was ridiculous. Like, every trailer ahead of our movie, I was smacking my friend that I went with, like, about how excited I was for everyone because we got the Maze Runner, we got the Hobbit, and we got Annie, and then we got also got Into the Woods, which I'm sure you are very excited about. You got Maze Runner too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to live up there again. I think we had the Maze Runner and the Hobbit in 3D too. Oh, you know what? I didn't see it in 3D. That's probably why. Oh, there you go. Because 3D movies make me sick. I can't watch them. <laughs> Like, they literally, like, they're too close. I can't do it. Like, right now, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy sneak peek in three in 4D at Disneyland. Mm. And I went to see it, and I had to watch it without the glasses. Because <laughs> it honestly makes my head hurt. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the Into the Woods trailer. Um, there's no singing, which kind of is weird. Yeah. But they do t say, I wish, which is the beginning of the um, first song. In the, in the play, and probably in the movie, so that's exciting. And we saw. I just Anna worry Kendrick. they're not gonna market it as a musical, and people are gonna go and be like, "What the hell?" I know. Oh my gosh, I think there is. I mean, Stephen Sondheim is a producer of it, so I would be super surprised if they don't do any music in it, or music as dumb as. Well, I'm sure the movie itself is a musical. It's just the advertising, I think, might throw people. Yeah. The other thing I thought was kind of weird. Okay, so they show Rob Corden as the baker, Emily Blunt as the baker's wife, obviously Meryl Streep as the witch, Anna Kendrick as Cinderella. They James show... Corden. I said James Corden, yeah. You, no, you said Rob. <laughs> oh, are they different people? Am I totally making someone up? I don't know who Rob Corden is. I think I'm totally making a person up. I think I just, like, Rob has infiltrated my brain. There's Rob Corddry. Maybe that's who it is. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, anyway. James Corden. And they show, like, um, what's his name? Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, I love him. And then they say Johnny Depp, but they don't show his face. You just kind of saw his hands and claws. I know. I showed it to one of my friends, like, one of the trailers on YouTube. And she was like, does Johnny Depp play a tree? <laughs> and I'm like, you would think. No, he plays the wolf, but it looks like a tree. Because I just show, like, his creepy hand. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, anyway, I'm so excited. Both those movies come out in December for our birthdays. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> casting news on Once Upon a Time, they've cast two more characters from Frozen, Jacob or Tyler Jacob Moore, um, who plays the cop on Shameless that has like a crush on um, Emmy Rossum's character, is playing 
Hans, and he really looks like him. It's really impressive. And then John Reese Davies is cast as Grandpappy, the rock troll. Yay. <laughs> I have a feeling he might just be the voice of the rock troll. I don't know. Unless he's got a human counterpart in our world. Well, yeah, he probably would in storybook. Yeah. Um, and then, if you can't, if you guys don't remember, we talked about there being a new NBC live musical this holiday season a few episodes ago, and it will be Peter Pan, and uh, Christopher Walken was cast as Captain Hook, um, which I don't know why they don't just put Colin O'Donoghue in it, and he's so good looking. Why not? But because Christopher Walken is perfection. But I don't want to guess Captain Hook is that old. I just don't. We're think not. We're not Christopher doing Walken. the hip, cool, once upon a time take on things. We're doing the traditional Captain Hook. I know, but now I'm so used to Colin O'Donoghue being Captain Hook. <laughs> to me, it's like Colin O'Donoghue or Dustin Hoffman. You need to move on. I know. I'm sorry. And um, in the cutest newscast I've seen in quite a while, Brian Williams reported on NBC Nightly News that his own daughter, Allison Williams, from um, HBO's Girls, will be um, playing Peter Pan. And he broke the news by putting up a really cute baby photo of her, dressed as Peter Pan. Cute. <laughs> Did you see it, Christina? No, I didn't. It's on YouTube. It's super cute. He says something like, um, friends and family of Williams have reported that she's been practicing for the role since the age of three, and then he put up the picture. Cute. You know, and I'm like, you mean friends and family like you? Her dad? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, on last Thursday morning, the production stills of Into the Woods preceded the trailer the next day, so I got like really, really excited about the production stills, and the next morning I woke up and I was like, whoa, more excitement, the trailer. Um... Christina told me something really, really exciting today. Christina, you want to tell everyone? Disney announced that they will, in the future, be announcing plans to expand the presence of Star Wars at their Disneyland theme parks. And I am exploding from excitement. I'm so excited. They're going to have Star Wars land. I'm so excited. I mean, I've been hearing rumors about this for like, what, like five years? And everyone's like, oh, it's never going to happen because now they did the ride and then they did the now they're doing, like, the next thing and the next thing. Like, it seems like Disney has the next few expansions already planned. So I never thought it was actually going to happen, but I'm so mm -hmm. stoked. Um, I was thinking about it today, Christina, and I think what I would really want to see is, like, the AT-AT walkers, like, on Endor. Because I know they have that <laughs> at Disney World. Like, they just have the AT-AT walkers out. You're just planning out their entire theme park for them. No, I just want to see that. I think it'd be cool. Isn't there anything you want to see? I can't really think of anything. I also think it'd be really pretty to see, like, Naboo. It'd be sort of, like, out of place. I clearly need to call Disney and have, have a little discussion with them. Yeah, because clearly having Naboo there would be unrealistic for Disneyland. No, I said out of place, not unrealistic. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, moving on. Um... So, supposedly, production had been postponed on The Big Bang Theory, Season 8, due to, like, a big contract dispute between the original cast members, who I believe are the five guys, four guys, and um, Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, I think so. I think those are the original cast members. Um, anyway, the dispute was resolved, I think, earlier this week. Each of the original cast members will be receiving a million dollars per episode, including bonuses. I'm sorry, but I kind of find that disgusting. That's what Friends was making. And I found that disgusting. I thought it was, I mean, at the time the Friends was making, the Friends were making a million dollars an episode, to me that was like more money than I could ever fathom in my entire life. But still, to make one million dollars for, in this case, half an hour of television? Yeah, that means it's like 22 million dollars a season. That that's just, I think that's appalling. Yeah, it is appalling. Um, but I mean, congratulations to them for settling their dispute. And I know Big Bang Theory is a huge, like, success on that um, network on CBS and just in general. It's like one of the most watched TV shows on television. So I mean, 
It's good that they just solved it. I just think it would have been better if, like, they held out for extra money to go to the crew who's not making nearly that amount. And it's weird that only five of them are. Like, the other two aren't. Hmm, that's weird. Which I feel like is kind of mean. But, you know, to each his own. I feel like people, like, well, no. The one person, like, Jim Parsons, is going to, like, put it towards something good. And he'll probably donate mm-hmm. or start his own organization. But I can't see the other ones doing that. Maybe Kunal Mayer, but I don't know. No, you are. I already say his last name. But, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't watch the show anymore. So it's hard for me to say whether they deserve the million dollars next. I stopped watching a while ago. I just don't find it that funny anymore. I just like that my grandpa watches it because um, Sheldon calls his grandmother Nima, and that's what we used to call my grandmother. And he's like, oh, it reminds me of you kids, and that's why I watch it. And I'm like, aww, that's really cute. Um, so they've cast three more characters on season three of Arrow. They cast Felicity Smoke's mother. Um, Ted Grant, a.k.a. Wildcat, and Manhunter. And I don't know who these people are that are playing them. Oh, Manhunter? Is Manhunter the Martian Manhunter? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You're asking questions I do not know the answers to. Sure. I figured you were talking about it so you would know. I don't. I only watch the show. I'll know when it starts again. (laughs) I'm sorry. Looking it up. Wait, well, I'm going to move on. Um... (laughs) And Glee's Harry Shum Jr. has been cast in the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. To which I say, um, what? <laughs> there is a sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? The first one wasn't that good. Shut up. Okay. How can you not like the original? Alright, let me just point out to you that I saw the first one in Chinese. So did I. How else would you see it? They dubbed it later on in English. Oh god, I hate that. But I had to read the entire movie, and I was like, this is not entertaining. This is work. Because this was before I couldn't hear anything, and I had to have subtitles on everything. Wait, you mean you don't watch Chinese movies? No. Why not? You do? Yeah. But this is the difference between your Chinese mom and my Chinese mom. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. This was like the first only Chinese movie I ever saw. I think I maybe saw like one Uh, other one. Um, I'm not sure why Harry Shum Jr. would be on it other than he's, like, one of the only Asian well-known good-looking actors. Well, um, Michelle Yao is returning. Oh, cool. And, um, Donnie Yen is going to be in it. I don't know who that is. Um, he's probably best known for playing in the series of movies about the man who kind of trained and inspired Bruce Lee. Oh, okay, cool. So that's probably what he's best known for. All right. He, do, he does a lot of Chinese movies. That's probably why I don't know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, earlier this week, principal photography for the Alice in Wonderland sequel, Alice Through the Looking Glass, started. Um, I did not know that was happening. I didn't either, but I liked Alice Through the Looking Glass when I read it. I liked it better than Alice in Wonderland. Is it, which movie is it a sequel to? Uh, the Johnny Depp one with Mia Wazikowska. I never saw that. <laughs> it was not that good. It was very, like, Tim Burton weirdness going on. And I just, I'm not a fan of that. So I didn't Oh, know that like makes it. sense. Um, but yeah, it's a sequel to that, and all the people are returning. And they, um, yeah, they're casting new people. But I wasn't really interested because I didn't like the first one, so I didn't read the article. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Christina and I got some kind of sad news earlier this week. Um, Michael Johns, a former American Idol cast member, passed away on Friday. Um, he twisted his ankle and then got a blood clot and died at the age of 35. And um, this has special meaning to the two of us because Regina and I watched this season of American Metal. It was the season of the Davids, David Archuleta and David Cook. And Michael Johns was really good. I really liked him. I was so upset when he got voted off. I know. I think he was the reason why the save was invented the next season. Yeah, I think so. Because everyone was just so shocked he got voted off. He finished fifth, I believe. I think it was way... I remember they started tossing around the idea of the save, I think, um, with uh, Chris Daughtry. Right. And then Michael Johns was just like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, exactly. I Um, think he finished pretty low. Like, I thought he finished like ninth or something. No, I think he was either eighth or fifth. Oh, he finished eighth. 
I think. I think Carly Smithson finished fifth. I don't know. I don't, it was so long. I don't, it's all long ago. I don't remember. But, um, I loved him. And I loved his, like, his rendition of Bring, uh, Dream On. So, yeah. yeah. Which is what got him eliminated. <laughs> I know. And everyone loved it. And then he got eliminated. I think it was, like, one of those things where everyone thought he was safe. So no one voted mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah. So we're very sad about that. And our thoughts go out to his family and friends. Because he had a daughter, a kid, I don't, I don't know if it's a daughter, but he had a child and a wife, I believe, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, this episode, we're bringing back our segment on obsessions, and uh, each of us have come up with our sort of new obsessions for the week. Um, Christina, what's yours? Um, well, my current obsession is Running Wild with Bear Grylls. Is that the one with Zac Efron? Well, Zac Efron was in the first episode. He's not in everyone. Oh, uh, they, like, marketed it on television as if, like, it was running wild with Zac Efron and Bear Grylls. Well, because he d- takes a different celebrity each episode. Oh, okay. So, like, this week was Ben Stiller. Oh my god, that's awesome. And next week is Channing Tatum. <gasps> oh. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but, I mean, the episode with Zac Efron was really interesting because he really opened up about his um, problems with addiction. Oh. And about how this kind of thing, like, just getting away and being able to, like, blank his mind out was really good for him. That's good. And about how he did the show because when he was younger, like, the only thing that he and his dad, like, watched together off the TiVo was Bear Grylls' Man vs. Wild. Oh, okay. So that's why he wanted to do it. What network is it on? I want, it's on NBC because one of the Today Show anchors is doing it later. That's cool. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, my obsession... Because um, Christina will get mad if I mention the B word that started this Monday at 8 p.m. So watch it on ABC. <laughs> um, <laughs> is um, the Food Network. And I think I'm really, really late to this party. But I will literally watch anything on that channel. <laughs> like, last night I started watching um, King of Cones, which is a like competition entirely about ice cream. And I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. Or, like, I'll sit there and watch Chalk and be like, I know what I would make with this. I can't cook to save my life, but this is what I would make with these weird (laughs) ingredients if I could. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, So my sister and I have started watching um, Restaurant Impossible, but I have found that the cooking ones are way better. And um, actually the reason I started watching the Food Network was because on some, like, late-night talk show, Daniel Radcliffe said his favorite one was Kitchen Casino. And I started to watch it, and it was really entertaining. <laughs> so you guys should definitely watch Food Network if you're not already. But I feel like I'm I'm a pretty late bloomer on the Food Network phenomenon, and everyone is already watching it. Yep. Um, so I know that last episode, I said that this episode was going to be about Nerd HQ. But Christina and I have found that there's not a whole lot of useful information given at Nerd HQ. It's something that's really fun to watch, but there's not really anything to report on. Exactly. Um, so we're just going to give you a little, like, info about Nerd HQ instead. Um, the, the Nerd Machine is an American-based company and website founded by Zachary Levi in November 2010, um, along with the Chuck Popmaster, if you remember his show Chuck on NBC, um, David Coleman and Courtney Coleman. Um, it was an online community to spread the nerd culture, and members sometimes organize large-scale projects, like fighting for show renewals and things like that. Most notably, to try to save Chuck. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise. Shucker. And I think still, to this day, they're trying to push for a Chuck movie. I think it ended well. I okay. never watched a single episode, but I think everyone likes it, so I feel like I should try and find it and watch it. I haven't seen the whole, like, series, but, like, when I start watching it, I have to watch, like, ten episodes at once, because it's so funny. What, uh, what the, the network was it on? I want to say it was on NBC, because yeah. it was one of those really funny, nerdy shows that you would expect on a smaller network, for so for it to survive that long on one of the main channels, like, the nerd community kind of rallied around it. Yeah. Well, I feel like anything that's slightly nerdy, people are just like, yes, nerds! <laughs> 
Plus, it was uh, the television show that introduced me to Mr. Matt Bomer. Nice. He was on it, like a regular? Uh, the first season, and maybe part of the second season? Mostly the first season, though, because he ended up leaving for White Collar, I think. Oh, okay. He was the example of, like, the perfect suave super spy. Yeah, that seems about right. He would be a good suave super spy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the idea for Nerd HQ came from uh, Adam Baldwin. Who was disappointed that Firefly no longer had panel opportunities and that smaller, intimate situations would be very special for fans. Um, it takes place at Petco Park at the same time as San Diego Comic Con. One thing um, I wonder is if Major League Baseball has a schedule around Comic Con now. Probably do. Because MTV has stuff at Petco too. Like, I know someone that lives near there and she's like, I basically like steer clear of that area. And everyone. San Diego kind of knows the state clear of that area that weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotten huge. Yeah. Um, so Nerd HQ also provides a home base, hang out with other nerds and try out some new video games and technology. And apparently there's a dance party. There is. There's a dance party at the end. That sounds like so much fun. We have to go next year. Seriously. <laughs> we have a lot to do next year when we're there next year. <laughs> I sh- we should start saving our money now. This is going to be ridiculous. I know, right? I'm pretty um, sure we can't actually write it off on our taxes. It's not a business expense? What? If we, like, register this as an actual business, I know you could. But then who would be paying for those business expenses? Us. Yeah, exactly. So really no point. <laughs> um, so the centerpiece of your HQ is the Conversations for a Cause series. Um, tickets are $22 a panel, and all funds raised from ticket sales go directly to Operation Smile, which is a nonprofit medical service organization. Um, the children's medical charity provides cleft lip and palate repair surgeries to children worldwide, assists countries in reaching self-sufficiency with these surgeries, and works to reduce the occurrence of cleft lips and palates. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> this is really interesting to me, though, because I actually did a report on a plastic surgeon who did this kind of work when I was in high school. And, like, I volunteer at a children's hospital, so obviously this is a there you go. cause that is important to me as well. So everyone should do it. Um, and $22 a ticket for a panel is not bad at all. And that's after a price increase. It used to only be 20 uh, 22 was a really random number, though. I'm like, why didn't it mm-hmm. go up to, like, 25 I wouldn't be surprised if... Like, it's something to do with the facility fees and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Who knows? So anyway, this year, there were a lot of panels. There was a Joss Whedon panel, a thrilling adventure hour panel, one with Nathan Fillion, with Will Wheaton and Felicia Day, with Omar Epps and the cast of Resurrection, which I thought Resurrection got canceled, but I guess not. I thought it did, too. Oh, no, Revolution got canceled. Yeah, I thought Resurrection did too, but I might be thinking of something else that was similar. Because there were two shows that were similar, and one got canceled and one didn't. Yeah, no, it says it's com- coming back for season two. Okay. Well, good. Um, there was panels for The Intruders, Orphan Black, uh, Sesame Street. Yay! <laughs> um, Alan Tudyk, Evangeline Lilly, Garfunkel, and Oates. I would have totally gone to that panel. Um... Seth Green, Adam Baldwin, and comic book writer Nathan Edmondson, The Last Ship, Into the Storm, The Giver, The Maze Runner, Supernatural, Stephen Amell, and a panel of only badass women. Yes. Christina, who was on that panel? Did you find out who was on that panel? Um, okay. I know Ming-Na Wen was on it. Yes. She is the um... I am trying to find it right now. <laughs> a conversation with badass women. There you go. Uh, Sophie Turner. Oh, she was pretty badass. She plays Sansa on um, Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, Yvonne Strahovski, who was, um, I believe, the other lead on Chuck. Oh, okay. Um, Missy Peregrim. That's Zachary Rivers' wife. Um, Retta. I don't know who that is. Uh, is she on... Parks and Recreation? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah, she's on Parks and Rec. And Jennifer Morrison. 
Oh, that sounds cool. I'd actually watch that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I started to watch two of the panels and realized that was not useful information. They just played me like that. <laughs> I started to watch Supernatural and Stephen Amell. And the Supernatural panel was actually moderated by Aisha Tyler. Ah, I know that last year one of the other moderators was Nathan Pillion. Oh, okay, cool. Aisha Tyler, I think, is a huge, huge, huge Supernatural fan. Really? Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, I love it. Like, because when I watched the beginning of it, she's like, I'm a huge fan of the show, and I'm so glad that after today, I can call Mark Shepard, one of my friends, too. Oh, oh I still like, haven't watched when Misha Collins was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> it wasn't that good. I mean, he doesn't really need to do much. Oh. But she asked him to be on it because they're friends. And mm-hmm. if you guys aren't watching Whose Line Is It Anyway, by the way, you should. It's awesome. Definitely. Um, anyway, let's get into our main discussion this week. I am Groot, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yay. Um, first of all, it was the first Marvel movie written by a woman. Yay. And I feel like Marvel is now starting to open up to more like female roles, like having a woman writer and um, having Marvel's agent Carter being centered around a woman. You know, next up, having a woman director, that would be pretty cool, I don't know what, and then maybe, hopefully, actually having one of their female superheroes. Do they have any female superheroes? Well, they are talking about developing, uh, I don't know if she's Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel at this point, but they are discussing, um, giving her a movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, Captain Marvel, that's it. That'd be awesome. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy had the biggest opening weekend. Since the first Iron Man movie, and that came out, I know. When did it come out, Christina? In like 2008? It came out at the same time as the Hulk movie, and I remember when I walked out of the movie, I found out Michael Jackson died, so when was that? So that was like 2008. Okay. Maybe 2007, but I think 2008. No! Iron Man came out before that, because Michael Jackson died after we were seniors. After we graduated. Iron Man came out in 2008. Okay. Then Michael Jackson died in 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Because I remember they re-aired that Michael Jackson week of American Idol after he died. Mm. Yep, that's how I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so it had the biggest opening weekend. It grossed $94 million in the first weekend. Wow. I know. And, you know, I think it deserved it. It was awesome. I think, except for certain specific parts, it had the biggest, like, appeal across the ages. Like, I think it was more appealing to kids than, say, the last Captain America movie, which was a little more intellectual. Right. I think the thing with this one is that, like, I had no idea what the storyline was going in. Um, but it wasn't hard to catch on. It was funny. It was entertaining. It was fast paced. Like, I never felt like it was lagging. And yet it still was pretty long. I saw one complaint someone had is that you had no reason to, like, root for this planet to be saved. And I was like, shouldn't we just be rooting for people not to die in general? Yeah, that's what I was rooting for. I don't want a whole planet of people to die. Because even if we're not as wholly invested in this planet, say, like, Vulcan in Star Trek, it's like, even the part in the movie where it's like, why do you want to save the galaxy? And he's like, because I'm living in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think one of my favorite, like, jokes in the movie was when he was like, oh, I need that guy's leg. And he's like, oh, I got the leg. He's like, oh, I didn't actually need it. I just, I just said that to be funny. And then later on, he's like, I need that guy's eye. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, yes, I do. I do. I really need that guy's eye. I think my favorite part was when he was trying to explain heroism to Gamora, and he started talking about Flashdance. <laughs> yeah. And then I later think... on, when they did something heroic, she's like, like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. That made me laugh pretty hard. Well, you are Kevin Bacon. <laughs> And I think references like that are what drew, you know, older audiences in. And then the fact that they're like a talking raccoon, kids are like, ooh. But he is definitely not kid friendly. No, he is not. But I, 
was that, like, not kid-friendly. Like, it wasn't that bad. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Part of me, like, kind of wanted to do Rocket and Groot as my shit moment. <laughs> I know, it was so sad. And, well, don't ruin it for people. I won't. I mean, it's a happy ending. <laughs> okay. Well, let's put it this way, guys. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you know nothing too bad is going to happen because I've already announced a second movie. And That's just picture how wonderful a movie is when your lead hero goes to fight the main villain by starting a dance-off. That was hilarious. What are you doing? I'm t- fighting a dance-off. <laughs> and it just kept going and going and going. Uh, that was pretty amazing that Ronan was lead pace. Yeah. I didn't know that until I got into the movie. That was pretty cool. I was pretty excited seeing Karen Gillan. Yeah, she looked crazy as Nebula. Mm-hmm. Um, that was exciting. She was I good, too. That. I'm sorry? She was good, too. I think everyone had really good performances. Um, Chris Pratt, I just have to say, I've loved Chris Pratt since he was um, on the OC. <laughs> And I'm totally, totally stoked that he was, like, awesome in this movie. And now he's, like, getting recognition for what he is good at. It's still weird for me that he was in the Moneyball movie. Oh, yeah, he was in Moneyball. Because he played Scott Hatterberg, who was a player I watched growing up, who is not as attractive as Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. I think he did a really, really good job, though. Congratulations, Chris Pratt. You're awesome. You know you did a good job when, like, someone can't picture anyone else in the role? Yeah, I really can't. It's true. Yeah. Now that you say that, I didn't think about it that way, but it's true. Like, I don't know anyone else who could pull off being, like, serious and funny and, like, ripped and, like, you know, goofy, weird, and awkward, you know? Mm-hmm. He was just so ridiculous but perfect. And you can tell that he's, like, a big fanboy, too, which makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to say, I'm already extremely excited about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I'm definitely going to go see it again, because I liked it that much. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about it, Christina? I think the rumor is that the Guardians might tie into the third Avengers movie, but we don't know for sure. Yes, I have heard that rumor, and I hope that they do. I mean, there's been nothing to confirm it, but that rumor's been so persistent for a while, I think it might be. And I know that they, the director, James Gunn, has already said he really wants them to. And he said that they've talked about how they would go about doing it, so it's at least been discussed. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. And it's awesome. And I'm pretty sure that's all Chris Evans wants in life right now. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool that, like, characters, like, the characters that you don't see their faces are such big-name actors. Yeah. I mean, Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper... I mean, Bradley Cooper was hilarious. And mm-hmm. you don't even realize that it's him. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing with the laugh. This is the realest laugh in the history of laughs. <laughs> it was perfect. I mean, it doesn't sound like him, and you totally get lost in it, which I've always said is, like, the mark that you know that someone's being a good actor is that you forget that, the, that that's that person. But, I mean, even, like, you know how big a deal Marvel's become when, look how small a role that they got for, like, John C. Riley and, like, Glenn Close. I know. And being able to get actors of, like, that caliber to play smaller roles like that that still need, like, the weight to them kind of really says something about what this franchise is doing. Yay, Marvel. The nerds will take over the world one day. Buhaha. And I mean, Josh Brolin was Thanos, and how small a role was that? I know, and he was super creepy. And Benicio Del Toro was the collector. Mm-hmm. And Christina, you'll be proud to know I stayed for both after credit scenes. My heart feels warm. <laughs> my, I took my cousin to see it, and he started to like get up after the movie ended. I'm like, no, sit your butt down. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're watching both after credit scenes, so strap in. <laughs> And uh, I was telling Christina before we started recording this podcast that my favorite part of the movie was the first after credit scene. So if you haven't seen it yet, just enjoy that part. Um, I love mm-hmm. that song that they play. Mm-hmm. And the second after credit scene was very interesting. I don't know why. Yeah. Why, why they 
chose that character to put in there. But I loved it, and I can talk to you about it later because I don't want to spoil anyone. But it was amazing. I kind of like when I saw it. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I will just say it has to do with um, another company that Disney bought besides Marvel. Yes, it does. I think it's and just a shout out. I don't think it's actually going to become a part of the franchise because that would be weird. What? You don't? <laughs> that would be super weird. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen it, guys, definitely go see it. It's really fun. It's a good time, I promise. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's get to what we really care about here, Christina. I can't imagine what you're talking about. <laughs> We're so sorry if you don't watch Teen Wolf. And you're listening to this podcast. Because literally every episode, we, like, gush about it for, like, half an hour. Well, it's only going to be uh, about, what, a month and a half left? Yeah, six more weeks. There you go. So, um, since our last episode, we've had two new episodes of Teen Wolf. Um, The episode entitled Orphan and the episode entitled Weaponized that aired last night. So, um, Christina, can you kind of tell us what happened in Orphan? Because I honestly don't remember. Um, Orphan started out at the school with them arresting Violet because she tried to kill Brett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just like the part where they're walking her down the hallway and she's like, Parrish? Jordan Parrish? And then he's like, Deputy Parrish. <laughs> How dare you call me Jordan Parrish? And um, we learned from Scott's dad that apparently these two killers are, have actually gotten on the radar of the FBI as these orphans who are some sort of hitmen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that means that they've also been like killing people for hire who don't have anything to do with the supernatural or if supernatural related events are starting to become more known to law enforcement. Well I think to them it's just killing people. They don't know that it's a supernatural person. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, because, I mean, in traditional kind of supernatural type shows, it's all kind of washed under the carpet and stuff. Right. I think I merged two metaphors there, but that's okay. Washed under the carpet. Swept under the rug. And... <laughs> I don't know what the other one was trying to be. What's that called? A malaprop, I think? I don't remember. <laughs> anyway... Moving on. Um, so there's the one storyline where Violet's arrested and what's her name? What's her partner's name? Oh, Mason Die. I can't remember his actual character's name. Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so Garrett pretty much tells Scott that he has to um get Violet out or else he's going to um kill Liam. Right. So he kidnapped Liam. So that's the one storyline. And then the other storyline is Styles and Lydia explain to Parrish that he's on the list without talking about why he's on the list. Yes. And um, they end that up... That was a funny scene. That was the best. I think my favorite quote of the entire episode was when he's like, I'm worth $5. Yeah, no. <laughs> Five million. And then he's like, maybe I should just kill myself. Which I later realized... If you kill yourself, you can't collect the $5 million. Mm-hmm. But it made me sad because he makes the same amount of money I do. Oh, Well, you could be a deputy. You could work Yay. with deputy Yes, please. Okay. They're like, yeah, um, I work with them. <laughs> so then they go to Eichenhaus to talk to Meredith. And we get to meet um, Mr. Grumpy Orderly again. Yeah, that guy's such a D-bag. <laughs> So then we have all of Jeff Davis's friends in one scene. Wait, what? Well, because Aaron Hendry, who plays the um, guy at Eichenhaus, so he also played the Nagitsune. He yes. got cast because he's friends with Jeff Davis, like they're college buddies. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Kelly was friends with Jeff Davis before he got cast too. Oh, that's a funny time. Except I think Ryan Kelly like auditioned more and got the part. Aaron Hendry, I think, just kind of got the part. <laughs> Yeah, he was such a good Nagitsune, though. Oh, that's so creepy. Oh, we're not uh, talking about that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can I just give a shout-out to Holland Roden for being able to slip in um, flipping double middle fingers in that scene? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that got past MTV. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. 
just goes to show you how badass. Yep. But then the set, while they were able to save Liam at the end of the episode, Meredith ended up dying. Yeah. And Violet died as well. Yes, but I wasn't sad about that. Um, also, I totally thought the Berserkers were going to kill um, Chris Argent. I keep wanting to call him by his real name, Chris Argent, but um, his sister still has kind of a heart and told them to stop before they murdered him. I think she never wanted them to murder him. I think it's showing that to she's finally... Him a little bit. Yeah, she's finally starting to gain more control over her emotions to be able to control herself to the point, like, yes, this is someone I still love. Right. Whereas, right. I'm not sure Chris at this point would hesitate to put a bullet between her eyes. But I think Chris at this point has lost so much that he's like, what's one more when she's terrorizing a whole town, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the main thing keeping him back from just going after her and trying to stop her is trying to help Derek. Yeah. Um. So, this week, the episode was about, first of all, there were a couple of inaccuracies in this episode, but basically what happened was all the kids were at the, at, at the hospital, at the high school, taking the SATs. The oh, they were taking the PSAT, yeah. And um, this girl faints, and being the badass that she is, Mrs. Martin realizes that this girl that faints and Coach Finsaw have the same, like, weird skin disease. So she calls the CDC. All these kids are coming down with skin disease. But the supernatural creatures are getting it the worst. So they go into the Hale family vault to sort of be quarantined off from the rest of the, um, rest of the kids. And the creepy PSAT proctor is the one that, like, unleash this disease on all these kids. And, um, basically they find out that um, this reishi tea that Satomi used to give to Leah Hale is going to be the antidote, the cure. And, um, they have, they like barely make it to this reishi tea. And, um, Adrian McCall's a badass and Shoots the guy in the head, which was totally crazy. Especially when Styles' face was right in front of him. Like, I'm pretty sure in real life the bullet would have gone straight through into Styles. Yeah, but it's a TV show. Sure. Um, to which I think Agent McCall was pretty cool in this episode. Um, we also find out that Meredith at one point was in um, Lydia's lake house, which makes me wonder if maybe they're related. I was trying to figure out what was going on there. I was so confused. So she, like, discovered this photo where Meredith is standing in the same room at the lake house that the, that record player is that she's been mm-hmm. listening to to try and get the information from the Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but I think that maybe Meredith and and Lydia might be, might be related, and that's why they're both banshees. I don't think they're related just because we already know that her mom knows nothing about, like, all the Spanchy stuff. Yeah, but... So if they're related, I think it would be distantly. Right. Right. I'm not saying they're, like, first cousins. That They might be, like, third cousins or something like that. Maybe. And also, I mean, nothing against Susan Walters. I think she's lovely. But she also had no idea that her son was a werewolf. On Vampire Diaries, so. <laughs> She's not so much on, up with the times with her family's uh, lineage. Um, but I did think she was really good in this episode. She barely ever gets screen time, and I really like her. Mm-hmm. She and Lyndon Ashby were live tweeting together last night. It was really cute. Aww, that they're watching it together. They're so cute. <laughs> um, so, Christina, I didn't understand. Why was Coach the only adult that got infected? I know this. I figured it out when I was watching this morning because I didn't watch it last night. Okay. So, um, the PSAT proctor infected everyone by putting the virus in the um, ink pad that all the kids were using to press their 
thumbprint or whatever, which I don't remember doing when I took the PSAT, but whatever. They might do that now. So, yeah, so that's how all the kids got infected because they all touched the ink pad. And Coach had used the ink pad as he was stamping the papers he was going through, and that's how he got infected. Oh, wow, you're smart. <laughs> I never would have figured that out in a million years. Because there was one scene where um, Styles was the proctor the walked in and, huh? Well, there was that scene where Styles was looking at all the papers, and I didn't understand why the stamp had anything to do with it. Yeah, and the proctor, like, um, was all, like, grumpy about it, like, oh, an idiot or something. Uh, you would think the coach would have his own ink pad. You would th- I don't know how Coach got a hold of the ink pad to use to start stamping that would get him infected, but whatever. Right. And one thing that we also learned is that Coach is 15 years sober. Good job for you. Congratulations, Coach. I like that we're getting a little more depth, Coach. Yeah. Congratulations, Coach. You're 15 years sober. Um. Okay, so uh, about the inaccuracy, Christina and I were both wondering why, as juniors, they're taking the PSATs, which... I'm pretty sure I took them as a freshman. Okay. Like Lydia. We, no, we, at least for me, I took a practice PSAT my sophomore year. And then oh. you take it, like, for real at the very beginning of your junior year. Then, like, later in your junior year where they should be in the show is when you take the actual SAT. Uh, maybe I never took a PSAT. The main reason that I remember for taking the PSAT was to qualify for the National Merit Scholarship, like that one girl was freaking out in the episode about. Yeah, I never qualified for that even close. <laughs> like, I don't um, even remember any other reason for taking it, just like other competing with everyone else in your class because everyone in my class was obnoxiously competitive. Yeah. Um, so more but They definitely should have been taking the SAT at this time. Sorry? They definitely should have been taking the SAT or ACT at this time. Absolutely. I mean, this late in your junior year, you should be applying to colleges by now. Yeah. By, like, beginning of senior year, people started knowing where they were going to school. Yeah. Well, not by beginning of senior year. Let's see. By, like, mid-senior year. Beginning of senior uh, yeah, year, we were sending out our applications because that yeah, was when you still in the mail. Yeah, I got my first acceptance on Christmas Eve, I remember. Huh. On my birthday before you knew me. <laughs> I did. I got my first rejection well before then. <laughs> I remember my first acceptance was to the University of Redwood. My first and only rejection that I got is the school that everyone seems to get into quite easily on television. Like USC? Stanford. Oh. Sorry. How come every smart kid is able to get into Stanford on TV just because they're smart? It's like, that's not how it works. No, it's definitely not. I think my first rejection was at USC. I didn't apply there. I didn't want to go to a big school. Well, I could have gone there quickly. My dad works there. Ah, yeah. And I still didn't get it. <laughs> anyway, back to Teen Wolf. Christina, um, I don't think we talked about an episode MVP before we started. Uh, we recording. did not. So who is your vote for episode MVP? Who was my vote for episode MVP? <laughs> um, it has to be for both episodes, too. Oh, am I picking a Teen Wolf episode MVP? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Hmm. I think I'd have to go with Styles. That's funny. That's mine. Shocker. Shocker. I love Styles. I think Styles. The reason why I chose him for both episodes is because in the uh, Orphan episode, I thought he was like funny again. Like I love funny Styles. Mm-hmm. And in this one, when he was like banging on the door, I thought that was mm-hmm. like such a good like dramatic scene for Styles. I think the one line that made me think like that funny styles is really back is when um Parrish scared off the guy at Eichenhaus about the DUI and Styles is like, You, I like you. I'm gonna keep you. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Like that was uh, just so perfectly styles that made me happy. Yeah. I also think that Styles and his dad have such a good relationship and I I totally like love the Salinskis. You don't see a lot of healthy single father son relationships on television, so I like it a lot. Yeah, I do. It's really it's really nice to see, and I think Paul Styles is such a good dad. Although I do like Kurt Hummel and Bert Hummel. Yes, 
I think they're pretty cute. Dad's um combo too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's our episode MVP. And uh, I'm excited that hopefully Liam will be coming back soon. I love him. I think he's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Christina, do you have your ship moment ready? I don't know if I have one. I need to think of it. Okay, I'll go first then. Oh, wait, okay. first, before we do that, I was thinking about this today, Christina. Did you mm-hmm. watch Wolf Watch last week? This week? Do I ever watch Wolf Watch? No. Okay. So what the DJ kid? I don't even know mm-hmm. his name. Cole. He was like, Cole, yeah. He's like, what if Allison is the benefactor? Oh my god, that would be amazing. And I was like, that's awesome. But then I thought about it today because I was listening to an old podcast of ours. And we were talking about Danny being the like hacker in the benefactor scheme. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what if Danny and Ethan are the benefactors? Yeah, why wasn't Danny there taking a test? What's going on? Maybe he already took it. I'm telling you, he is off with Ethan on a deserted island, getting downloaded on all the supernatural info, among other things, Ugh. with Ethan on a deserted island. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but, oh my gosh, what if Allison were the benefactor? That would be... It's not going to happen in a million years, but it would be incredible. That would totally come out of left field. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think... (laughs) I think we find out who the benefactor is next episode. We've been saying that for a while. No, because Jeff Davis said we find out in episode 8. Is next episode episode 8? I think so, because I think... I think the next episode is episode 8 where we find out what the benefactor is and then episode 9 is the parish episode to set up the final like showdown. Hold on, I can tell you. Yes, next episode is up. No, next episode is... Yeah, it's 8. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, because he weird. said episode 8 is going to be like the shot... Because every season Teen Wolf is split into kind of like three phases. Mm-hmm. So... He said that episode eight, we're going to find out who the benefactor is and everything is going to make like a sharp, like sudden turn that we're not expecting. And then yeah, we'll have the final sweet. act. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm I'm not excited about the Derek Braden hookup. No, I'm not excited about that. They, they sort don't of hinted have at it that kind season. of chemistry and it's bugging me. Yeah. They sort of kind of hinted at it this episode and I was not liking it. It's really forced. They have great chemistry in, like, working together and being snarky together and being friends, but I don't get any romantic vibes at all. Not at all. I think, yeah. I think you're right, because she doesn't seem into him at all. Like, he seems kind of into her, but she seems not into him at all. They seem into each other just like they were given lines to read that they need to, like, act out, but it doesn't seem like it's coming from anything within the characters. Right. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I really don't. If they just hook up because they want to get it on with somebody, then I have no problem with it. Maybe that's what it is. We did say it's a hookup, not a, not a relationship. They're both consenting adults, so, you know, have fun. Yeah, go for it. Be safe and go for it. You're both attractive people. <laughs> Alright, so I'm ready for my ship moment. I don't know if you are. I think I have mine, but you go first. Okay, so I think I'm going to have to go back to what I originally said earlier in the episode. And I think my ship moment is going to be Rocket and Groove. <laughs> because I think that they're the cutest, like, interspecies besties ever. <laughs> they are the best. Um... Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, who played Rocket and Groot, were both very funny. Um, of course, Vin Diesel only has three words he ever says. Four words he ever says. Um, but I think it's funny that, like, only Rocket knows what Groot's saying. It's almost like Han Solo and Chewbacca. It's also like C-3PO and R2-D2, I felt. Yeah, them too. Which I love. So, um, yeah, they are my ship of the week. I never thought I would cry over a scene of a talking raccoon in tree. I know, and they're so fun. They're so fun. I, I really enjoyed their, like, um, dynamic, and their Groot's always helping on Rocket, and, yeah, it's great. Even when he shouldn't be. <laughs> I know. 
Yeah, like in the jail scene. That was the best. I laughed so hard. This is just like happening in the background. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, guess he's going to do it. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's my ship moment of the week. What is yours, Christina? Oh, since you're taking that one, the um, space besties, I probably going to have to pick the scene (laughs) where, um, what's his name? Peter Quill, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. And Gamora were outside and he was trying to get her to dance and started giving the explanation of flash dance. I think that was my ship moment. <laughs> we are Kevin Bacon. <laughs> that is a good ship moment. I like those two characters together. They make me happy. I mean, all those characters were great. Seriously, <laughs> guys, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll have to go see it. It's one of those movies where it's not like the plot gets you really invested but it's so character driven and they're all such strong characters that you can't help staying like into it yeah i agree like i didn't know i literally had no idea what what to expect at all going into it but i mean all the characters are such strong characters and strong personalities and it's funny to watch like such strong personalities interact with each other Mm -hmm. because they all have like their own opinions about everything so yeah um cool well, obviously, we really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you may do so by following our podcast Twitter handle, A-L-N-M Podcast. You can follow me at XOXO Kelly Lee and Christina at Christina E02. And on Tumblr, we are at alnmpodcast.tumblr.com. Kelly is at xoxokellylee.tumblr.com. And I am at callmechristinae.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook by searching for A Little Nerd Music Podcast on Facebook. Or if you're friends with us, you can just click on it on our profile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you'd like to download all... 12 episodes. Dun, dun, dun. You can do so on iTunes by downloading it on your podcast app on your Apple product. Or um, you can also download it on Dropbox and Google Drive. Um, we can also... <laughs> you can also email us to let us know how we're doing because we would love to hear from you guys. Our email is alnmpodcast at gmail.com. So shoot us an email. Let us know how we're doing, what you think of anything we talk about. If you want us to talk less about something or talk more about something, we definitely will try and bring those in. And um, in two weeks, we'll be having a music episode. Yay. For lucky number 13. Um, where we haven't decided what we're talking about yet. Maybe the entire history of music. So strap in. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But I can guarantee it'll probably have something to do with Paul McCartney. Yay, I'm so excited. And a little something about our favorite band, The Main. <laughs> and we will, of course, be talking about everyone's favorite show about young supernatural creatures. <laughs> and by everyone, we mean me and Christina. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode go see Guardians of the Galaxy as soon as you can and uh, we will talk to you in two weeks bye bye Things will get brighter